0: Hello and welcome to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Ohioans March for Life. We took a quick trip this week to be on the ground for the very first statewide March for Life in the Buckeye State. We spoke with legislators in their pro-life caucus, local pro-life leaders, and even a very young pro-life activist who shared his powerful story of how his mom chose life. The problem with interstate abortions we bring to light a gross new ad encouraging women to take part in, quote, abortion tourism by traveling to states like Colorado or California to kill their babies. Katie Glenn of SBA Pro-Life America tells us it's very concerning that people like Governor Gavin Newsom are encouraging young, underage girls to break the law and travel far away from their own homes for abortion, sometimes without their parents even knowing engaging in politics. We sat down with Michael Knowles, who cautions conservatives about falling into the trap of feeling like we have no power in today's culture of death. He says that right now, it's more important than ever to engage and speak up to promote the policies that are best for us and our families. The life advocates gathered in mass numbers this week to take part in the first ever Ohio State March for Life. Marchers celebrated life in the Buckeye State, coming together with legislators at the state capitol to show they are serious about advancing laws to protect every unborn baby. The pro-life caucus is strong in this battleground state, with dozens of members. Ohio did implement a heartbeat law this year, but it was later blocked by a state county judge. We spoke to Ohioans on the ground and heard what they hope to accomplish as the midterm elections approach. Let's take a look.
1: The March for Life National now moving to the states where we have an opportunity right here in the state of Ohio because Roe v. Wade is no more to pass legislation that will ban abortion right here in the Buckeye State and I'm super excited to be a part of that movement here today.
0: The CEO of Ohio Right to Life, Peter Range, was one of the featured speakers at the first ever Ohio State March for Life. Other speakers included March for Life President Jeannie Mancini, Alvita King, niece of the late Martin Luther King Jr., State Representative Jenna Powell, and others.
2: How we move forward Ohio in a pro-life manner and abolish abortion in our state.
0: Now that Roe has been overturned, we need to fight for life even more and speak to our legislators even more. And that's why we're here at the State House specifically to make sure that they hear our voices. March for Life helped organize a record number of state marches this year in the wake of Roe v. Wade's overturn, working with local leaders in Virginia, Pennsylvania and more.
2: So Ohio has a pro-life caucus here in the Ohio Legislature where we believe that life begins at conception and we want to see families flourish in our state.
0: While Ohioans of all ages made their voices heard. A 9-year-old boy caught the special attention of the over 4,000 people in attendance.
3: In my mommy's tummy, the doctors wanted her to get an abortion because of the complications, but my mommy didn't want to, so she went to the pregnancy care center
0: for help, and they helped her. And his mother says choosing life is the best decision you can make. My message to everybody is to choose life. because. You're gonna regret your decision if you don't. I am so proud of my son right now. Uh, I'm I'm proud of the decision I took and if I would have been in this position again,
2: I would have do the same thing. I would have choose life.
0: We now bring you the latest in the case of Mark Houck, a pro-life husband and father whose family was attacked in a dawn raid by the FBI just last week. As you may have heard, dozens of FBI agents descended upon the Houck's home on the morning of September 23rd and arrested Mr. Houck in front of his wife and very young children. A few nights ago on Tucker Carlson Tonight, Mr. Houck's wife shared that her children are still shocked by what happened and that there has been, quote, a lot of crying and unrestful sleep in their home since the incident. And joining me now is Peter Breen, vice president and senior counsel at the Thomas More Society. Mr. Breen is Mark Houck's lawyer and a former state representative from Illinois. Peter, thanks for joining us. How is the Houck family doing? Can you give us an update on where this case stands? I know he's been released after his arrest that morning, but what comes next?
1: Well, we've pled not guilty. so we had the arraignment uh, this past Tuesday in Philadelphia. Uh, we are you know the family is getting counseling. Uh, so the kids, just so that they can help process what happened to them as a family where you had twenty to twenty five heavily armed federal agents, ballistic shields, et cetera, dragging their you know their father away, uh, you know, with guns drawn and all of that, uh, so they are they are you know, they're doing what they can to help those kiddos and, and especially please just keep them in your prayers. What we've done on the Thomas More Society side is to put the best legal defense possible together for Mark. And that is in, in we've hired the best criminal defense attorney in Philadelphia, one of the best in the country. We've set up a website, defendlifetoday.com, where you can learn more about the case, financially support it as well. And so we are going to proceed forward uh, vigorously. So the entire Thomas More Society legal team, which has long history and experience in abortion law, combined with the best criminal defense lawyer in Philadelphia, uh, we hope to be able to bring forward a win for Mark because he is utterly innocent of these federal charges.
0: Yeah, it's great that he has you behind him. And thank you so much for letting us know how we can help the Houks. The claim here is that Mark Houck violated the FACE Act. My understanding is that this law was enacted by pro-abortion members of Congress back in the 90s, essentially to eliminate the peaceful presence of pro-life people like Mr. Houck at abortion centers. Is this a just law, Peter? And did Mr. Houck really violate it in defending his his very young son?
1: Mark did nothing wrong. Uh, The law itself, and the federal side is meant to stop the blockades of abortion clinics. But what happened with Mark had nothing to do with abortion. The alleged victim, a 72-year-old man, actually came away from the gates of the clinic, approached Mark and his 12-year-old son, his then 12-year-old son, and started harassing the son. Had nothing to do with abortion, there were no patients around, there was no reason for this alleged victim, the 72-year-old man who should know better, to come and harass a 12-year-old boy. You know, uh, Mark told him to get away, an altercation ensued. Uh, We will contend throughout the entire altercation. The other gentleman, the alleged victim, was actually the aggressor. And if there were a crime committed, the state courts are the place to deal with it. The Philly DA didn't prosecute. The alleged victim filed a private criminal complaint, but then couldn't be troubled to show up for court. So the court threw out that case. That's where this should have ended not uh, being picked up by the department of justice out of washington dc to try to make an example out of mark
0: yeah the details are so important here and peter you've been a lawyer for many years you also started a nonprofit organization in chicago to help pregnant moms in need so i know that you're you're close to this issue on all levels of jurisdiction what do you make of the fact that it wasn't local law officials who saw a problem with mr Hawke's actions and that this is being handled by the fbi what does this say
1: well, we learned on the day that Mark was picked up that the that this entire prosecution is not being run out of the local office in Philadelphia, where it normally would be run, but out of washington, d c itself. And so this goes up to the highest levels of the Department of Justice, And this is something where we can tell this is being targeted as an intimidation tactic for other peaceful pro-life uh, folks on the sidewalk, whether sidewalk counselors or prayer folks. Uh, and so, Look, we are gonna fight this back very, very strongly. There are allies in Congress who are demanding answers from the Attorney General. And so really with, with the folks in Congress working and us working on the legal side, hopefully to get a, a strong, you know, not guilty verdict for Mark in the court there, we can drive the DOJ, this very biased partisan DOJ, back and get them off of the backs of the peaceful pro-life people of this country, people of faith, who are just merely exercising their First Amendment rights outside of the nation's abortion centers.
0: Right. And you're totally right, Peter. This is an intimidation tactic on the part of a biased DOJ, federal federal people in, in Washington. What is your message to pro-life people who who regularly pray at these abortion clinics who might be intimidated right now?
1: Well, and, and look, we, we've heard from our folks, and it is, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time for the country in a variety of areas. Please keep the faith and keep keep our number handy. You know, we're not the only lawyers out there. There are plenty of other fine law firms that can help, but we are glad to serve 40 Days for Life, Sidewalk Advocates for Life, Live Action, uh, and other entities uh, that are doing good work uh, all across the country, especially at our nation's abortion clinics. So please call us if you hear, if you have any, any issue Ah, uh, reach out right away, and so we can get a lawyer to help you out uh, and evaluate whether that's a serious threat or if it's, uh, you know, if it's nothing at all. Uh, but that's something we're uniquely able to do and glad to do at Thomas More Society.
0: Mm. Well, that is great to know. You are definitely a warrior for our cause. Thank you so much, Peter Breen of the Thomas More Society, for the work that you do. God bless you.
1: God bless, Prudence. Thank you.
0: In a disgusting display, Amy Schumer is using her platform to corral women from other states to Colorado for dangerous abortions that are becoming illegal all over the country. Take a listen. Visiting here was on our bucket list of things to do before we die, which,
1: honestly, I might have if I hadn't been able to visit Colorado.
2: Not that you need some big, dramatic reason to come to Colorado. No one should have to justify a trip to Colorado. Maybe you just want to do with your own body what you want to do with your own body.
0: The phrase abortion tourism is becoming popularized and glamorized by content like this. Joining me to unpack this is Katie Glenn, State Policy Director at Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America. Katie, what do you make of this Amy Schumer ad?
2: Well, I think we need to start with that clip that you played. Every single state that has limited abortion has the ability to treat women in emergency situations. Uh, doctors can provide women with life saving medical care. So the idea that you're going to Colorado because of an emergency is just not the reality. The reason that people would go to Colorado is because they are one of just six states in our country that do allow abortion throughout pregnancy. And in fact, Dr. Hearn in Boulder once said he's never turned anyone away for any reason. So this is about the most extreme part of the abortion agenda. It's not about health, it's not about safety. And the idea that you go to Colorado for a three to four day procedure and then get on a plane and fly home and that's good medical care, is absolutely outrageous. So this is completely agenda-driven. It's not good medicine.
0: Right, and we've talked about that abortionist on this show, Dr. Hearn. Just completely brutal, what he does. And Amy Schumer is not the only one who is using this tactic. Perhaps the biggest culprit is Governor Gavin Newsom, who's literally using scripture verses on massive billboards in other states to lure people to the West in order to kill their babies. Katie, let's talk about this. Is it even legal?
2: You know, Gavin Newsom has the same right to free speech the rest of us do. What he does not have a right to do is to encourage people, especially teenagers, to break the law, to go against the law of their own state, to travel across the country without their parents even knowing this is dangerous, it's wrong. We heard something similar from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer this week as well, where she said maybe people just can't afford a baby. This is a governor who defunded pregnancy centers. The Michigan legislature sent her a budget that included funding for pregnancy centers and she vetoed that funding and now she's saying some people can't afford a child this is completely driven by an abortion on demand with no limits at any time in pregnancy agenda and we need to call it out for what it is yeah it's so concerning it's their way or the highway and in related news npr recently
0: reported that the abortion giant planned parenthood will soon start mobilizing abortions by bus that is they're gonna they're going to send mobile clinic buses to the borders of pro-life states and hand out abortion pills across the border like candy. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, we've seen from states that do collect public health data what this looks like. A couple years ago, Planned Parenthood opened a super center in Illinois with the express purpose of serving women in Missouri. And what we've gotten from that is that public health data shows there are more women going to emergency rooms with complications from abortions in Missouri than the total of number of women who got abortions in Missouri. We're only going to see that kind of public health data grow. Women are going to get these pills because they're told they're safe. They're told it's easy. They're told it's not scary or bad, that they won't feel anything. It's just a period. We know that's not true. We know the complication rates are sky high and that at least one in 20 women are going to need a surgical follow-up Where are these mobile vans then? They're not driving her to the emergency room, and they're certainly not paying for the surgery she's going to need to treat the complications she'll have after that uh, abortion.
0: Right, yeah. And, Katie, we have about 30 seconds left, but what can pro-life states do about all of this, the states that have banned abortion and want better for their women?
2: Well, I think states can strongly provide provide alternatives. We've seen Georgia has been publicizing that they have 61 healthcare alternatives and pregnancy centers for every abortion clinic in the state. So they need to show there are options, genuine options, and uh, strongly enforce their laws, including across state lines. Texas lawmakers passed a law that allows for extradition last year. Other states need to do the same, and then they need to use those laws. Mm. Katie, thanks for your expertise on all of this.
0: Thanks for continuing your great work with Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America. We're praying for you. Thank you. Coming up, we take a look at the selfishly false claims by U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who says, forcing the poor and working class to give birth is an economic issue. I speak out. Plus, we sit down with author and host Michael Knowles, who shares why he supports the pre-born child and how he transitioned from being an actor to working in conservative media. Welcome back to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. U.S. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has some extremely harsh advice for those of you who may be struggling financially. She says that you should kill your babies in order to get by. That is this week's Speak Out segment. In a recent hearing on Capitol Hill, AOC said that if people don't have access to abortion, you are essentially forcing them to give birth. So she wants you to give away your money so that women can end the lives of their children in order to stay in the workforce. There are so many problems with this nearsighted thinking. First, if people didn't live such promiscuous lives, they wouldn't find themselves facing unplanned pregnancies in the first place. Second, if men and women were more focused on living out their callings within family life, then maybe women wouldn't feel so, quote, forced to carry out the beautiful act of bringing life into the world. You know what's sick? AOC wants to force women to not have children and remain working as cogs in the corporate money regime. She also told one of her male colleagues that he couldn't have an opinion on this matter, but then just minutes later refused to acknowledge the biological fact that men can't get pregnant, as she attempted to advocate for the so-called needs of trans people. Will someone tell her to pick a lane? AOC's weak arguments during this hearing prove that she'll always back the radical, money-grabbing, violent abortion lobby, even when it makes her look like a joke. California Governor Gavin Newsom recently signed 13 pro-abortion bills into law, making it one of the most hostile states for unborn babies and their mothers. We sat down with Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire in Dana Point, California, last month. The Daily Wire used to be headquartered in California, but picked up and moved to Nashville due to increasingly anti-life, anti-family policies in the Golden State. Knowles shared with us how he's been talking about the issue of abortion and wants people to know that their voices matter when it comes to advancing the policies they want. And we are here now with Michael Knowles of The Daily Wire. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: The pleasure is all mine. Thanks for having me.
0: I know you just celebrated the birth of your second son. What's it been like being a dad in these uh, past couple of years?
3: Well, as you know, I'm Catholic, so my wife can't divorce me. But she is strongly considering murdering me because I've got a six week old baby and I've now taken a jaunt to Laguna Niguel, California for the live action gala. However, she loves live action. It is always uh, the first organization come tax time, you know, New Year's Eve, we're figuring out what to donate to. Truly, it's the first organization we donate to. Uh, we just absolutely adore the organization.
0: You mentioned we're in Dana Point, in uh, just outside of Los Angeles. That is a city that is not very friendly to our pro-life cause. And you have a background of being an actor, working on both the East Coast and the West Coast in, in that world. Now you work for The Daily Wire. Talk to me about that transition and what kind of spurred you to kind of jump ship from the actor world and into the conservative media world.
3: Well, I had always been in politics. I I'd worked on my first political campaign, I think I was... 18 or 19, uh, and I had always been an interested in politics from a very, very young age. I think that acting and politics have a lot in common. At a uh, at, at the bad end, uh, it's just a bunch of people who are trained liars and narcissists. But I think when done well, they have a lot in common because to, to do either, you have to be concerned with the truth, living is, uh, or acting rather, is living truthfully in imaginary circumstances, and politics, one hopes, involves something to do with moral truths and ethical truths, Uh, you have to really like people. If you're an actor and you don't like people, you're not going to have a lot of (laughs) success-making characters. And if you're a politician and you don't like people, you're going to hate it by your third spaghetti dinner at the VFW Hall. You know, It's a real people kind of industry. And uh, so uh, very often you see a a kind of crossover between show business and politics. Often politics is called show business for ugly people. Uh, But I love it. And I, I think that one of the reasons that actors and other artists tend to be interested in politics is because you can go from playing pretend to to being the real thing, you know, and, and recognizing that th- th- what we're doing here is not, m- not merely speaking to artistic perceptions and changing hearts and minds, all of which is very, very important, but that one can have concrete effects in one's political community. And mm-hmm. so I've really loved doing that. The whole Daily Wire came out of show business, basically. As you mentioned, we were founded in Gomorrah-by-the-Sea, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we've since fled New Cellini's sort of terrible uh, scape here for <laughs> freer pastures in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are fleeing California and New York as well for all sorts of reasons to come to, to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a wonderful journey, and I think the reason that Daily Wire has really exploded, not just in news and politics, but, but in movies. We release movies, we release right. music and books. Uh, part of that is because People recognize that the culture-making, self-styled culture-making elites on the coasts really have nothing but contempt and disdain for a huge swath of Americans, maybe the majority of Americans, and so uh, they've created a a market opportunity for people who, who don't hate our ordinary fellow citizens and who who want to offer an alternative.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're alluding to this a lot. There's a lot of politicians in Washington who are pretending to care Mm. about the American people. They're pretending to care about what we think and what we want, especially when it comes to defending innocent people, defending helpless people. So as someone who's a media personality, how do you work to, you know, motivate your viewers and your listeners to be part of that pivotal moment, to, to tell politicians what they want and do something to restore a culture that is pro-family, pro-marriage, and pro-life?
3: Well, a lot of Americans and a lot of conservatives, I'm sorry to say, have fallen into a trap. They, They have come to believe that we have no ability or even no right to craft our own sort of society. And part of this is because of some of the shallow platitudes of the libertarians over the last couple of decades, which say that uh, the government or the state has absolutely no role in our lives. But the United States is founded on the basis of self-government, the idea that we have the right to, within constitutional bounds, establish the sort of laws that we want to live under and the sort of society that we want to live in. All states legislate morality, that's necessary, whether we're talking about the death penalty or whether we're talking about parking tickets. Legislation comes from moral questions and debates. And all societies are going to, at at their most basic level, have some conception of the good, what's good and what's evil. And ideally, you wanna do the good stuff and you you want more of that and you want less of the evil stuff. And uh, so, unfortunately, in the last couple of decades, conservatives forgot all that and they've thrown their hands in the air and they've said, well, Who's to say what's good? Who's to say what's evil? Maybe, I don't know, drag queen story hour is just the same as going to church on Sunday. Who's to say? Who's to say? We're to say. <laughs> this, this is our country. This yeah. is a self-government. And so I think conservatives need to, to grow a spine and uh, recognize that, no, we actually can perceive something about what's true and false and right and wrong and good and bad. We have done this on only a couple of issues ever uh, in, in recent history. That would be. Uh, the Second Amendment, I think, conservatives actually have stood kind of firm with clarity on the Second Amendment sure. and pro-life. It's the only one where we've said no. You know, life actually is worth defending, and and we're going to stake a moral claim, and we're going to impose that moral claim on you, whether you like it or not, because mm-hmm. it's true, and we don't want to kill hundreds of thousands of babies a year. And guess what? Those are two of the biggest winning issues for conservatives. So my my advice to Republicans and conservatives who maybe they don't even have the clarity on this issue, but I'm I'm promising them. Even from the standpoint of sheer political self-interest, when when you stand for something, when you have moral clarity, when you lead people and actually offer them something and and wield that just state power on the happy occasions that the people give it to you, Mm -hmm. you will win. You'll be much more likely to win than when you squish and give up everything and only talk about cutting taxes sometimes.
0: (laughs) Great advice. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us for a bit, Michael Knowles. Great to see you. Great to see you. That does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Until next time, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on social media at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. You can also send us a message by emailing pro Weekly at EWTN.com. we love to hear from you. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless.